Hey, this is Chandler from SCTM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SCTM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SCTM Preps Podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We'd really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SCTM Preps. This is the SCTN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SCTN Podcast. SCTN Preps, we are back and we are ready to go as we recap another Friday night of prep football. We will get to our Friday night reveals. We'll do that coming up here in a few minutes. Chandler, we are uh, we're back. Red Bank is back. Bledsoe County's back. We had, we had, look, last week we had a lot of great close games. Feels like this week we had a bunch of teams making statements, and we had some blowouts that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, and honestly, Chris, you know, a lot of times these blowouts are not exciting toward the end, but it does give us, you know, you and me, a lot of insight in these teams because sometimes if you have these close games, it's kind of hard to tell whether this team is legit or not, if they're having a bad game, what's going on. So, you know, sometimes these, these blowouts, even though they may not be as interesting to watch sometimes, they do tell us a lot about what these teams are capable of. By the way, you can find us uh, on Twitter at SETN Preps. Make sure, you give, uh, make sure you give us a follow. And if you're going out to the game on Friday night, we got all the scores right there at SETN Preps. We keep you updated. Feel free to snap a pic and uh, send us a picture of uh, whatever game you are at. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Chris Goforth One. Make sure you like us on Facebook as well. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate your you subscribing to the podcast we definitely would appreciate your five-star ratings and leave us a review uh, it just helps us uh, helps us be able to kind of spread the the message if you will of high school football in southeast tennessee because that's all we do here and that's on apple podcast you can also find us on spotify tune in pandora iHeartRadio, anchor.fm you can leave us a voice message there voice your opinion on some teams or some games around the area you can also become a supporter of setn preps through anchor.fm FM. We're on YouTube, Instagram, and we also got a nifty little website, setnpreps.com. So here we go. We're ready to rock and roll as we've got another week to look back on. Chandler, let's start with Meigs County and Signal Mountain. Signal Mountain had been the team this year that it, they just found a way every single week to win close games. Meigs County comes into this. Hadn't been able to play in a couple of weeks. They've had some games canceled. As a matter of fact, it had been 21 days since the last time Meigs County played a game. They came out maybe a little sluggish to start. They get the blocked punt early, and that kind of that's kind of what got things rolling for Meigs County as they win this game 40-6. to Signal Mountain had just 128 yards of offense and two turnovers. Eagles played this game without their starting quarterback in Duncan Cannon, who was out with a shoulder surgery or, or shoulder injury, I should say. And Meigs County's quarterback, Logan Carroll, big night, 104 yards passing, 122 yards rushing for him. So good night. And uh, look, 
Meigs County, one of those teams, kind of like Red Bank that we're going to talk about in a minute, that had kind of been out of sight, out of mind the last couple of weeks because they haven't been on the field. Well, they came back in a big way with this win on Friday night, Chandler. Yeah, Meigs County is just rolling right now. They showed us why they are elite. They showed us exactly why they have been to the title game in back-to-back years. You know, I think they are starting at the season, even though they've been off the radar, Chris, like you said, I think they have started out this season as strong as we have seen them. You know, sometimes they have a little issue, you know, getting to start early, those kind of things. But, you know, when you miss two weeks, it's easy to slide off the radar, Chris. They have slipped right back on and real quick. For Signal Mountain, you know, I expected a little bit more from them. I know this is, you know, Meigs County, the top dog, you know, in the area for the small schools. But how many teams in lower classifications can honestly hang with Meigs right now is my real question. You know, I don't know. And honestly, I mean, when you even when you look at that region, I think it's going to be competitive, Chris, but how many of those teams are actually going to be able to hang with Megs right now? I think Signal Mountain is right where we thought they would be, but I expected a little more out of them from this game. You know, I didn't expect them to just put up six points. But then again, the offense has not exactly been converting into points here lately, so I guess they are where we thought they would be. And I don't think this takes anything away from what we've seen out of them this year and the improvement we've seen out of them this year. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I agree. I think you factor in you're playing without your starting quarterback, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, again, I think all of that contributes into that to play a ninth grader at quarterback. So I think a lot of that factors into how this game ended up playing out. And to your point about, you know, Meg's County and how many can hang with them, uh, yeah, I think – I think Marion County is going to be able to hang, and, man, I just continue to be more and more impressed with Tyner, and we'll get to Tyner coming up in a minute, but uh, I don't think Tyner's going to be an easy out for anybody in Class 2A, so we'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk about Red Bank and Soddy Daisy now. Big rivalry. Uh, these two teams, They, you know, this used to be the public school matchup in Hamilton County. I mean, this was – was this was the game red bank is another one of those teams kind of like megs county hadn't played in a couple of weeks you know they played back in uh, august 20th and lost to cleveland and we haven't seen them since but hey welcome back to red bank we've missed these guys Saudi daisy's now oh and four they had a fourth down early in red bank territory but could not convert wasn't able to come away with the points. They had a pick six that was wiped off the scoreboard by a penalty. Just continues to be a rough year for Soddy Daisy. Red Bank, just too good on the ground. I mean, they ran at will. Dwayne Morris, get to know this name right now. Breakout game for him. He carried it 14 times for 156 yards and scored two touchdowns. So here we go. Red Bank's found themselves another playmaker, Chandler. Yeah, and I think this this game just showed us how back they really are, Chris. And, you know, it's easy to – and like we said, these two teams slid off the radar. They're back in here. We're glad to see it because we're glad to see some really good football from them. You know, and they came in, like I said last week, they came in where there were some tensions on this game with rivalry, region implications. Red Bank was not rattled in the slightest. You know, Saudi Daisy, those two touchdowns, they came late in the fourth quarter. I'm sure that's that was some, you know – Garbage time, some, you know, you know, second, third strings were in at that point, Chris. They trampled Sally Daisy in this one to start this game off. And what a performance to do that after a two-week hiatus. You know, 
and Chris, honestly, that's kind of a hit or miss with the two-week thing because you take two weeks off from anything, you're going to be rough starting out, but also you're going to have the willpower to want to be there if it's something you truly want to do. So it, it can go both ways with that. And Saudi Daisy, I just want to see them turn those yards into points. That that is, I think that has been the Achilles heel for them this season, you know, because that offense has been just sputtering, just could never quite get – down to the end zone as efficient as they wanted to. No, I, look, I agree with you, and this is a, you know, when you start talking about teams having layoffs, this is one of those where, you know, I, I agree. I think it can be detrimental that it's uh, that a team can come out and start sluggish, that a team, and I think that's what all these coaches are going to be concerned about is, Hey, how how long is it going to take us to get it back? How long is it going to take us to kind of find our groove again offensively? And for Red Bank, it didn't take them long at all. Meigs County, same deal, didn't take them long at all. And so uh, it's good to see both of them back on the field this week and and, uh, both of them get Ws. Let's move on over to Baylor and CCS now. Talk about a game that was never really in doubt. Twenty-one nothing Baylor at the end of the first quarter. Mercy rule in the second half. Baylor with over four hundred yards of total offense. CCS had less than a hundred, and the Baylor defense came up with two turnovers. They dominated it from the get-go. This is the Baylor we wanted to see. That's what we saw Friday night against CCS is the Baylor we've been waiting for over the course of this season where they just come out and take control and dominate somebody right from the start because they are good enough. I still think, Chandler, Baylor can be there in 2A. Now they're going to have to, you know, it's one of those where you got to buckle up the chin straps and, and get after it because we know how tough that division is. But this is a team in Baylor that I'm I'm still – don't give up on these guys yet. And I know you said it last week, not giving up on them because I think they can, you know, despite the loss uh, to Knox Catholic, you still feel like Baylor is going to be a team that's going to have to be reckoned with. I agree, especially after the way they came out. They removed all doubt and they took care of business early against CCS. And if you're Baylor, man, this is exactly what you wanted to see coming off a uh, disappointing performance from a week ago. Yeah, Chris, and by the way, Caleb Hampton, four TDs on only 97 yards, seven rushing attempts, four TDs. That's a pretty good conversion. Remember, remember (laughs) that kid had 290 yards rushing combined in the two previous games. They just giving him a break, Chris. They just just letting those those legs just kind of take a rest in that game. <laughs> he had been was. look. He had been their offense, and he had been yeah. fantastic too prior to uh, prior to the other night. And, and one more stat to throw to you before I kind of talk about this game on another perspective. By the way, they had 417 yards, like you said, Chris, on 30 plays per play per offensive play. When they snapped the ball, they were averaging 13.9 yards. That is insane. Wow. So that's that's, that's a first down plus on every snap. Yeah, I mean, that's a first down and a third. I would say a first down and a third of a first down. I mean, that that is on every single play. That's what you're averaging. I mean, that is insane. That is crazy. You know, and and Chris, this is a good measuring stick game because I think CCS is in the same place they were at the beginning of this season. And I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to score watch and here's how Baylor did, here's how – 
McCauley did. I think CC. I think excuse me, Baylor looked a lot more impressive against CCS, a CCS team that has grown a little bit since that first game against McCauley than McCauley did at the beginning of the season with that CCS team for me. Because, you know, remember that McCauley game? It was a tight game for the first quarter, first, you know, two or three quarter, you know, two quarters there. And then right before halftime, McCauley kind of flipped the switch and started scoring there, Chris. So, like I said, don't give up on Baylor yet. You know, they like you said, they dominated this thing from start to finish. They were angry, Chris. They were playing angry football. And I'm sure there was a fire lit under them after that Knox Catholic game to go out there and play better. And, you know... For me, CCS is still underrated. I, I think we both kind of have the same sentiment because Division II AAA is Division II AAA. If the two games between Baylor and Macaulay, you know, versus CCS, if they tell us anything, it's that Division II AAA is still on a completely another, maybe two or three levels above everybody else, Chris. I mean, we've known that, but it just gives us confirmation of that. And that CCS, I mean, they're still not ready for Division II AAA. In my mind, at least, they've got to become competitive with the Baylors and Macaulays of the world before I think they're ready to move up. And uh, that, that, you know, because I think that's inevitable at some point, Chris, for the for the population and everything. I don't think this is going to be a situation where they keep staying down, right? Because eventually they're going to be like, we want that next challenge, right? So, um, yeah, that, that's where I think this is. And. Baylor McCauley, tagung, they're still so good. Division II AAA, still so freaking good, Chris. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. That's look. That's a tough, tough place to compete when you're when you're playing at that level. Let's move on. Let's go to Tyner and Brainerd. Tyner with an impressive thirty to six win over Brainerd. Chandler, I tried to say it during the summer, and I'm still saying it. Do not sleep on Tyner. They are not going to be a pushover for anybody in 2A, not for Marion County, not for Meigs County. The more and more we go through this season, I think Tyner's getting better. And, again, I think come October, give these guys another four weeks. Let them get into the month of October when they're going to see Marion County and, and Tyner. I mean, Marion County and Meigs County. Shoot. I'll tell you, Tyner, this is a really good football team. It's a much better team today than the one that I saw back on August 20th in what was one of the ugliest high school football games I've ever seen against Howard. They have they are figuring some things out at Tyner, and this is going to be a scary football team. That touchdown that Brainerd scored, they only scored one, that's the first touchdown given up by Tyner's starting defense this season Mm. and the thing about Tyner is they've got so many guys there's so many playmakers at Tyner and this coaching staff with Scott Chandler in year one they're doing a really good job of getting these guys in position to be able to make plays getting them in position to have big nights this is an improving football team they are just going to keep getting better as the year goes on so I'm, I'm calling it now I'm not saying that Tyner's going to beat Megs I'm not saying they're going to beat Mary and we're going to talk about those games when the time comes but if anybody thinks Tyner's just going to late roll over and play dead uh, because it's Megs County and it's or because it's Marion County that ain't going to happen. These kids have got some pride and they've got some fight in them and I am really impressed with 
what Scott Chandler is doing in what's been a very short amount of time uh, at Tyner. So congratulations to those guys on uh, on getting the win. And uh, let's we'll see that Ram train keep rolling on down the tracks here for another couple of weeks. Yeah, I think Tyner is just fantastic. I mean, every, every time I turn around, it just feels like, you know, you kind of feel like, are they going to have that breaking point game? Are they going to have that game where someone kind of breaks them? They don't lose it maybe, but they just someone breaks them down and they kind of have to inch out a win. It just doesn't feel like they've had to do that, Chris. They just kind of push through, powered through, played good, disciplined football, which, by the way, Chris, we, I said this before the season. I said if Tyner, they have the athletes and, and the ability – to, to win big ball games if they stay disciplined. And that's kind of always been, you know, Tyler's mind. If they have a disciplined team, they have a great team. You're right. And hey, that, hey, listen, that was the problem with them and Howard uh, back in that first game of the year is yep. that Tyler played so undisciplined with penalties and just a lot of stupid mistakes they made in that game, which everybody does, I know, in week one. Just felt like Tyner had more than their fair share. But you're you're right. You're right on with what you're saying. Yeah, and, well, we'll get the recorder out here in a minute so you can say that again. Golly, I, did I really do that again? <laughs> it's like twice in three weeks. I've, gosh. My ego is just getting bigger and bigger, Chris. We already just, have just to butter the- your ears to get you through the door. <laughs> just wait till the playoffs. Uh, you know, but this, I mean, this tired team is just really, really great. And I, I agree with you. They are not to be slept on. I think bottom of the bottom of the, of the scale for them, like the minimum for the scale for them, for me, is that third seed. I think that's their bottom. I think yeah, and I, but I'll tell you, they're a third seed that I could see going on the road in week one of the playoffs and winning. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about it is I think that's their floor, and their floor is still pretty high. I think their ceiling, to be honest with you, because we're talking about 2A football, I think their, their, their ceiling is, is, is playing in Finley. I really yeah, do I, think that. Chris. Yeah, and here's the thing. They don't play a style yes they're a spread team but they don't necessarily play with a ton of tempo or at least they they didn't early in the year now maybe they're doing more of it now so you're not this isn't a team that's going to average 40 50 points a game one they play a tough schedule two they're not necessarily a tempo team so Mm -hmm. they're going to just basically like a snake they're just gonna you know kind of wrap around your neck a couple of times and then just slowly suffocate you that's how they beat people they're not going to walk in and bludgeon somebody 54 to nothing or 62 to 6 or something like that they're just going to come in and you know slowly squeeze the life out of you and all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter and you're getting beat 30 to 6 yeah and they really they have a spread you know play style with a pro-style mentality. Yeah, I think that's the best way to say it because they have that spread out. Like, we can beat you on, you know, spreading you out, throwing it wide, you know, whatever we need to do, you know, going to the outside, schoolhouse left, schoolhouse right, whatever you want to do. But they're going to do it through, a like, a pro-style mentality of let's beat the brains out of whoever we're going up against, just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and just pound them into submission. Like, I think that's really what their success comes from. You know, when I talked to Coach Chandler back, uh, early in the in the season, but we were getting ready to do that game on TV. Um, 
Yeah, I told him then, and and I know Coach Coach Turner when he was there ran the wing tee and they ran it well and they had a ton of success for a long time. But I really think with the athletes that he's got right now at Tyner, this offense they're running more of that, uh, more of a uh, not not only a spread but a contemporary spread type of offense yeah. where this is this is very much looking a lot like what you see in the college game right now on Saturday. I think the athletes they have at Tyner suits them better to play that type of offense, if you want to know the truth. So I I think, again, that's another reason why this team is only getting better, only getting more comfortable. And another couple of weeks, look out for Tyner. So I'm not not ready to – you don't hand anything to Meigs County just yet, because I, I think Tyner's going to be, uh, I think Tyner's going to be a factor in this thing later on in the year. You ready to move on? Final well, game. I, yeah. Well, I want to say, I want to say one more thing about Tyner because we got so much to say about them real quick. I want to tell you how much more impressive that is when you go from a wing tee to a spread. That's one of the hardest transitions as a coach, because that mentality is kind of goes from ground and pound to let's go around you sometimes. That is one of the hardest transitions to make a coach. We saw that, you know, a couple of years ago where Marion County, where they kind of turned from a wing tee to a spread a little bit and then kind of back and forth. And, Chris, that is one of the hardest transitions to make as a coach, and that makes this so much more impressive that he's been able to turn around this quick. Bledsoe County blistered Sweetwater 49-21. to All the dudes that you expect for Bledsoe County to come up big, they all came up big. Harmon Keith, 11 out of 14 passing, 282 yards. Uh, Gunner Sweat, 129 yards, three touchdowns. Cadillac Seaver, 97 yards, two touchdowns. This is a good win, Chandler, for Bledsoe County. Again, kind of like what we talked about with Megs, kind of like what we talked about with Red Bank. They're another team that it, it feels like it's been forever since we have seen them on the field. So just to get Bledsoe County back out there, kind of shake off the cobwebs, blow off a little bit of dust, and be able to play as well as they did. Uh, fantastic effort by uh, by Bledsoe County on Friday night. Good win. Now they got to keep it going. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I they pulled away late in this game. I'm not going. This game was kind of never in doubt. It felt like after about that, you know, once you got to about the second quarter, this game wasn't in doubt. But they did a good job of late, just keep putting on the gas. I think sometimes it's been Bledsoe County's problem is not finishing those kinds of games. And you know, you look at their game, week one game, York Institute that should have been an easier win than it was, Chris. And I will say this: York Institute coming down from three eight to two eight. So they are a little bit better. And, and by the way, Chris, we talk every time we talk about York, and I don't know why I'm talking about York on a on a Southeast Tennessee podcast. They are always a roller coaster of a team. So you never know whether they're going to be high, low, play right there at you, what they're going to do. So, but I, I will say this: I saw a lot of improvement from week one to week four now for Bledsoe County. I think that's what's impressed me is that they are showing improvement. You know, kind of felt last year from the get go they were just good. And they grew a little bit, but they weren't growing tremendously in big, huge strides last year. And I feel like they're growing a little bit more tremendously in in bigger strides this year. They're starting to show their strengths a little bit. You know, Bledsoe County just has some some good guys, some big guys that just play some good ball out there. And I think we need – I think I need to see a little bit more from this defense, you know, especially when you start talking about having to defend against Mex County, against Tyner, against Marion County. But I think they have the workings of what could be a good team, and I, I think their floor is honestly 
you know, four seed. I think their floor is the playoffs. So anything beyond the playoffs for them is just like raising the expectations, not because they should make the playoffs, Chris, but simply because they have so many great teams in front of them that anything they do above that four seed is just going to be so, so impressive in that region. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, All right, it is time, Chandler, for our Friday Night Reveals. This is where we do this every week where we talk about and we tell you what was revealed to us this past Friday night. And uh, tell you what, Chandler, I will lead us off this week. First thing for me on our Friday Night Reveals is this. How about our guy Eli Denton? His dad reached out to us on uh, on Twitter. Eli plays for Walker Valley. Kid had 22 tackles Friday night, 15 solo tackles, a quarterback sack, and six tackles for loss for the Mustangs on Friday night. Uh, so there's your Friday night reveal. Eli Denton, a heck of a linebacker at uh, Walker Valley, and that's about as good of a defensive performance that I think you're going to find from pretty much anybody in the area. That's what they did against Carter on Friday night in another game that uh, Walker Valley won, but Eli Denton had a, uh, had, a big, had a big night. Here's something else. Here's my other Friday night reveal. Teams that aren't getting enough credit, teams that deserve more attention than what they are getting. I'm going to put Tyner in that group. I'm going to put our friends at Silverdale in that group. I'm going to put Ray County in that group. Chandler, we haven't talked enough about Ray County and how good this Ray County team is and how good they can be. And then I got one more that may come as a little bit of a surprise to you. Polk County. Polk Mm. County. Now, are they – they're not back to being the Polk County of old. Don't get me wrong. But Polk County is a much improved football team than the Polk County we've seen the last couple of years. They're playing really hard right now. And I think it could be a decent game. I'm just – it's Polk County and Tyner that's coming up Friday night. I don't think Polk's got enough athletes right now to be able to run with Tyner. I think Tyner's got enough speed they can run away from them. But I do want to put Polk County in this on this list of most improved teams, uh, teams that we need to be talking more about that we're not because I think Polk County has come a long way. They've made big strides, and I think they are a, a lot better than maybe we've been giving them credit for being over the course of uh, uh, the early part of this season. And I know we gave them, we've given them props a couple of times for mm-hmm. snapping a, a winning streak, but at some point in time, you got to kind of look back and go, eh, maybe that's a pretty good football team. And I think Polk County is a pretty good football team, and it's been a while since we can say that. So I hope this is the start of something. Polk is one of those programs that, to me, when we talk about high school football, when you've got programs like Marion County and South Pittsburgh and Red Bank and Ray County and Polk County, I mean, those are five schools that have such a deep, deep tradition in high school football that when they are good, there's something about football in this area that's just better um, because – those are five schools that I think are supposed to be better. 
Polk County is not quite where they want to be yet, but I think they're on the way. And, and again, I think they're uh, drastically underrated. By the way, Chris, Bray County, you mentioned Bray County. They beat Anderson County Friday night. I believe that's 35 to 33. Yeah. And all the 4A teams in our area that were 4A last year are like, where was that, you know, Anderson <laughs> County team last year? <laughs> well, hey, you're right. I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, East Hamilton or whoever that has had to go there and die? Uh, yeah. and see their season end because of Anderson County the mm-hmm. last couple of years. So, man, I, I'm going to cheer for any team from our area that can go over there and, and get them a piece of Anderson County. And I know we got some Anderson County folks that listen to the podcast because we hear from them from time to time, especially, and we'll probably definitely hear from them now after that. But, uh, <laughs> look, I, look, I'm, I'm going to cheer for any of our local teams anytime they can go over there and come away with a win because – that has been a tough, tough place and a tough team uh, to play and, and beat over the years. So, good job, good job, Ray County. Chris, for my Friday night reveals, my first one is Bradley Central has got to be the best big public sneaky school in our area right now. Oh, I don't think they're sneaking now. I think they are definitely on everybody's radar at this point. I think, I think, and I think, look, they're on everybody's radar in the state right now with the way they're playing. Yeah. And I don't think anyone can compete with them inside our area. I think anybody but Baylor and McCauley, you put them up against Bradley Central, they're not going to hold a candle to them. It might be a decent game, but they're not going to hold a candle to them. And I say sneaky because – Chris, it's almost like we've been talking about them so much that we haven't been talking about them at all. Because they kind of people are just kind of sometimes I think they tune us out when we're like Bradley Center because it's like okay we know they're good get on to the other team that we don't know about you know so I think that they've got to be for me they're kind of sneaky because it just seems like they just keep showing up playing really good quality football and just you know hanging people out to dry every time they play them so I think you know that that's my first Friday night reveal there. My second is that I think, Chris, and I may come to regret saying this, but I think that COVID will not be as much of an issue going forward this season. The reason I say that is I look at the patterns last year. I'm talking about strictly in a football sense, Chris. I'm not talking about anything else, just in a football sense here for high school football. When you looked at last year, Chris, we had a whole – special on COVID right before the season started last year, Chris, about all these teams that have come out, we're canceling this game, we're canceling this game, we're canceling our first four games, only playing region games, doing this, doing that. And then after that point, Chris, maybe one or two a week was canceled, but that was it. Like most, most for the most part, we got high school football last year. I think now that we've kind of had these bad two weeks, I think a lot of that has kind of gone, come and gone. And now we're going to see – one or two a week, you know, maybe three, but we're not going to see them in droves like we have. No, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Or else everybody in the Chattanooga area is going to come, you know, come punch me and say, oh, my Coke or something because I've jinxed them. Uh, you know, but I think that was the, the key last year. I think that's why we had a better year last year because it didn't feel like we had a, a, a week where we had all these games just canceled, like 10 games canceled last year, Chris. It was always, you know, Three, four, something like that, Chris. I think a lot of that had to do with 
a lot of those schools taken off. You know, remember McCauley had the code for two weeks right at the beginning of the season. They got over that, and they didn't really have any issues the rest of the season on their end. Red Bank did that. They didn't have any issues on their end uh, after that point, and a lot of these other teams did too, Chris. And I think that's what we're going to see going forward. So high school football plans have some optimism. I don't think we're going to have a lot more football canceled. I think there may be key games that get canceled, Chris, but I don't think we're going to have them in droves like we have in the past two or three weeks. Wow. I hope you're right. That's that sounds that sounds good to me. And uh, you know, hey, I you know, let's let's all hope and pray that that that's the way this thing uh, that that's the way this thing goes. So um, because again, it's you know, it stinks when you go three weeks without seeing Meigs County play or, uh, you know, hearing about the Red Bank game or, you know, Bledsoe County, all of those programs, they've all been affected. South Pittsburgh, Marion County, Whitwell, um, none of those teams have been able to play here the last couple of weeks because of these issues. And they're not the only ones. I mean, there's plenty others around the state. And for that matter, you know, you go down into North Georgia, there's been some issues down there. Um, with some of our teams in this area. So it's a, um, I mean, it continues to be something that coaches are having to juggle. And, you know, look at Howard finding a game at the last minute against Tryon, Georgia, um, this week to go play. So uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy on anybody, but everybody's kind of trying to make it the best way they can. So um, kudos to everybody for for hanging in there. All right, Chandler, you got anything else before we uh, get out of here on this Monday? I think that's it, Chris. All right. I think we're done. We're out. We'll see you again Thursday. We'll have our preview uh, episode coming out Thursday. We'll have some games to talk about. We're going to have some region games going on uh, this week, too, that we'll want to uh, to get into on Thursday. Until then, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with a friend, and we'll see you Thursday. Hey, this is Chandler from SETM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SETM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SETM Preps Podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SETM Preps.